Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Noise in Brief, PR Week UK's fortnightly podcast series where we discuss the biggest industry news stories from the past week in a bite-sized format. I'm Siobhan Holt, News Editor at PR Week UK, and I'm joined by PR Week reporters Eliza Radu and Evie Barrett. To begin with, PR Week UK Editor John Harrington has caught up with our man in can, PR Week Editor-in-Chief Danny Rogers, on how the festival is going so far. So, Danny, you're back in Cannes. How are you finding it? Well, Cannes is much the same as usual. It's um, incredibly hot, incredibly busy. Lots of tech media companies um, building large things on the beach. But beside that, yeah, I mean, it's quite a, it feels quite a buzzy, creative festival as ever, I'd say. Great. I mean, do you get any impression about how the holding companies and the sort of PR agencies are doing, if, they're, if they have a particular presence there or... Do you think the sort of the big tech firms have really 
taken over to some extent. It does feel very dominated by big tech companies like Spotify and also Microsoft and uh, Pinterest. These companies have got huge installations on the beach, which have obviously cost millions and millions of pounds. And the holding companies are here. Omnicom have got a beach. WPP have got a small beach. There's a, there's a holding company called Stagwell. They've got a huge sports beach here because I think their agencies are very strong in kind of sports and entertainment. So they're doing a lot on the beachfront. It feels quite um, American dominated as it has for the past few years. A lot of big US tech firms, a lot of big US media companies. Great. And what do you say are the kind of biggest talking points from people you've spoken to and any sessions you might have attended? I mean, obviously, AI is the big talking point at the moment, but obviously purpose and various kind of world geopolitical issues. What what are you finding people have, have been talking about a lot? It's not so different from how it ever was. There's a lot of purpose conversations still. I don't think we're past peak purpose just yet. There's probably slightly fewer sessions on sustainability or, or social campaigning. There's quite a lot of diversity panels, quite a lot of diversity initiatives, which is a good thing, I think, because can does feel fairly non-diverse. It always has done. AI, there's a bit. Chat GPT are here. I haven't seen the session, but, you know, AI is clearly, it's the new metaverse, really, isn't it? Last year, it was all metaverse. And indeed, Facebook or Meta are here. And it looks slightly incongruous, really, because it's definitely AI rather than metaverse that's the tech discussion this year. I would say we're, you know, some of the awards things look like we're possibly moving a bit beyond purpose. I don't know if you've seen any of the Grand Prix that have been announced at the moment. There's, it's a mixture, really, but they're not all purpose by any means. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? And obviously, Joan Robertson at Ketchum, who's the PR jury chair, was talking about this and how they're keen that it's that sort of traditional brand campaigns also have a presence and obviously it'll be very interesting to see what happens when the PR lines are announced I mean this will be published before they come out but we've had the shortlist do you have any sort of particular particular thoughts on the PR line shortlist this year it looks like it's pretty dominated by advertising agencies as ever that said Edelman have got a few big entries in there some of this recent Vaseline work they've done, which I believe is a Unilever brand. That looks quite interesting. There's, there's quite a lot of shortlists for that campaign. What about you, John? I mean, you've, you've probably studied the shortlist more than, more than I have. Yeah, I agree. I think it looks like pretty standard. There are some fairly good PR campaigns from PR agencies that are in there, and there are a few that are given multiple nominations. There's a, a Cheetos one by... Citizen Relations that's there a few times. Interestingly, Ketchum's Iceland Food Club campaign, I noticed, has got four nominations on the PR shortlist. And that seems like very much a purpose campaign. So that's that's interesting and feels very, very close to home. I was also interested to see how many PR agencies are getting nominations in non-PR lines. It looks like there are more than normal. Having said that, I don't know if there were just more shortlists being published over a shorter space of time because can is shorter now but i certainly get the impression that PR has, has is continuing to spread its wings into other categories are you sort of finding that as well yeah i think that's very very true i think the story of the past 15 years of the pr lines is of course that ad agencies have won the vast vast majority of 
earned media awards. So if the PR networks want to do well at Cannes and they, they want to um, impress the CMOs, then they have to enter other categories as well. I also think that PR companies have become much better at things beyond just media relations, right? So there are lots of PR networks that are doing great design work or even bought media initiatives. So, um, yeah, I do think that they've woken up to the fact they don't need to stick in their lane, particularly when it comes to can. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a really good point that the industries have been developing so many of their own specialisms and their own sort of capabilities around things like design and other sorts of content production type offers. So yeah, in a way, it's not a surprise, but it's good to see, I think. We will see how the agencies fare in the PR lines on Wednesday. Yeah, we've got the PR lines coming up. I think what was quite interesting was the outdoor lines had the Grand Prix was the first UK-based winner of a Grand Prix, which was um, an ad agency, Uncommon Creative Studio, winning a for a, an outdoor campaign for British Airways. And it was a very good campaign, I thought. Sort of lots of different executions, very culturally relevant. Some good work for a UK agency and a UK brand there. But what was interesting also was that it just pipped the calm work, the last photo, which I also thought was a brilliant campaign. Something that we, if for anybody was at PR360, there was a presentation on the last photo. And I believe it won some things at the... Um, PR Week UK Awards last year. It was definitely one at the Purpose Awards. Yeah, so it was interesting that, you know, you had those two very good UK campaigns and yet it was the BA, which is a more commercial, a more standard sort of advertising proposition that that won the Grand Prix. So maybe that jury was starting to favour commerce over purpose or maybe they just thought it was a better campaign, I'm not sure. Interesting, and we'll be very interested to see who wins in the PR lines when that's announced on... Wednesday evening. So I think that's probably probably it for now, Danny. But thank you for joining us and have a good time your rest of your trip. Yeah, thanks. Enjoy summer back in good old UK. It's raining very heavily today, so Is we're it? very jealous. Actually, yeah. we, could, we could do with some rain in Cannes. It's very, very humid. Yeah, so, it's probably uh... coming your way. So look out for it. <laughs> okay. Cheers, Danny. Moving on, there was sad news late last week when it was announced that PR agency Talker Taylor Troublemaker would cease trading. Eliza, you've been looking into this. What can you tell us? This is sad news. In a statement released on Twitter, the co-owners of the agency said they'd be ceasing trading with immediate effect after seven years. The duo said rising market forces, trepidation and challenges in the industry continue to squeeze smaller agencies like ours to the point where we cannot continue to be the agency we set out to be for both our team and our clients. At this stage, PR Week doesn't know how many people will lose their job as a result of disclosure. At the moment, PR Week has been unable to speak to the founders, Gary Wielden and Steve Strickland, at the time of recording the podcast. So uh, PR Week hasn't received any more comment on the closure. However, we're thinking about the staff and the founders, and I'm sure the whole industry feels the same way. Yeah, I mean, I've never met Steve or Gary personally, but when I've spoken to people who worked at Talker Taylor in the past, they've always spoken really highly of their experiences and said it was a really fun place to work. Definitely looked that way. Yeah, and it's, it's really sad because they've obviously worked really hard and, and been quite, in seven years, they've really achieved a lot. You know, they were one of the five 
UK businesses to be certified as an LGBTQ plus owned and they've gained you know reputation for its focus on diversity because it was only in February that they were awarded the blueprint diversity mark so it is a real shame. I seem to remember they've done quite well in awards I know certainly last year's PR Week UK awards when I was there they won for their It's Raining Them campaign with Deezer and I know that they've won a lot of others over the years. And they've had some really prominent clients, including like Wagamama and Deliveroo. Yeah, definitely. I think they were involved with the Deliveroo chip watch campaign, which obviously was really well received too. So the fact that they released a statement saying that the rising market forces and the industry continues to squeeze smaller agencies like theirs is a real concern. So PR Week is currently speaking to agency heads to share their views on trading in our top 150 monthly trading tracker. And quite a few people have said that briefs have slowed down, that pitches are taking longer to close, and more businesses are being cautious at this current moment. A lot were also saying that new business was lacking and it's quite frustrating because budgets are being stretched and decision making is being prolonged. Yeah, I've heard similar. I think you assume that the smaller agencies would be affected most, which they may well be. But I think across the industry, the bigger agencies too are feeling the pressures at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I think, as you say, that because the decision making is being so prolonged, it really is having a massive impact on budgets. And that then in turn impacts teams. And obviously not everyone is saying that that we're speaking to, but with a cost of living crisis ongoing, it is a challenging picture for the sector. And, and let's hope that all those members of staff impacted find new employment soon and that the talent remains within the PR and comms industry. So moving on, this month PR Week has been running a series focused on creativity in the comms industry. Evie, you've been working on this project. What can you tell us about it? Yeah, so we spoke to 28 different creative chiefs, a range of UK agencies, covered quite a few topics, actually. There's six stories live on PR Week at the moment, if you want to delve into any of the topics that we're about to speak about. I think it makes sense to start at Cannes, seeing as that's going on this week. I saw some data that Cannes saw a 6% increase in entries this year, but despite that, our survey showed that can is perhaps valued less than other industry awards amongst PR professionals. I think there were some concerns about the cost of entry to Can and the way it's judged. So I thought that was quite an interesting insight. Another interesting bit of data that we found from the research is that almost half of the creative chiefs that we surveyed think that the advertising industry is beating PR in terms of its creativity. Not sure whether you guys would agree with that. I think Probably a lot of the people listening wouldn't. When looking at the shortlist for Cannes, you may see ad agencies working with PR agencies as well. So I don't think it's fair to say that advertising is completely beating PR in terms of creativity because sometimes they're just not credited as the overall agency that's taking part. Yeah, I think there is a lot of integration and overlap these days. But I think if you're putting them side by side, the argument that a lot of people in the PR industry make is that PR is earning your attention, whereas advertising is paying to be there. So in a way, the PR ideas have to be stronger in order to have any kind of success. Generally, though, I think the survey showed that there is a desire for more creative thinking in the PR industry. 82% of the creative chiefs that we surveyed said that they want to hire more creative staff in the next 12 months, which I thought was interesting in the current climate. 
following on from the great resignation, I feel like there's a bit of a hiring freeze at the moment. And I'm not sure if that's to do with the cost of living crisis or just trading in general. But hopefully we'll see new talent emerging soon. Yeah, exactly. I think what's interesting, like you say, hiring's potentially dipped a bit, but the desire for creative talent still seems quite strong within the industry. I think it makes sense because that way you can prove that you're worth spending the money on from a client's perspective and that you can drive results if you have good creative work. There was a a bit of an interesting debate in the article actually about whether you should hire full-time staff or use freelancers for creative work. And I think there are arguments for both. Mm. And the the data seemed to show there had been a dip in the last few years towards hiring freelance, especially since COVID. Yeah, I think freelance is good for bringing in outside perspectives, but at the same time, if you want to really work well as a team, then I think you need to harness the power of collaboration. So on the topic of COVID, because this is the first survey probably we've done since then, did, did that help or hinder creativity in PR, would you say? Well, that's an interesting debate because equal numbers said that it was beneficial as those who said it was detrimental. So the creative chiefs were a bit torn on that front. Eliza, I know you had some views. To be honest, I think working from home can benefit staff and it can benefit creative projects because it gives people the opportunity to just get work done in their own time and in their own space. But I think people are very important. So it's good to be in the office. Like I like being in the office with you, even though it's three days a week. But when we're in the office together, we're able to generate ideas and then... When I'm working from home, I just work and get all the ideas out. So I feel like it's a bit of a balance and it's a 50-50 split, in my opinion, whether it's great to be in the office and catch up with the team, brainstorm, but also sometimes you need that silence. And depending on your office size and how it's laid out, you may not get that silence for the creativity that you need. Yeah, I think it does depend on your creative process a bit. Outside of that, there was also a good point made that having COVID and people entering the industry in lockdown may not have developed their creative process in the same way. So I think someone said that hiring junior talent now is difficult because people just think completely differently where they haven't been in the office so much. So I think that's a bit of a challenge. And maybe a skills gap as well. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. It's still early days though, so we never know what the junior talent will come up with, their own lived experiences. They may be creating amazing campaigns in the next five to ten years. Okay, that's it for this episode. Noise and Brief goes live every two weeks. In the meantime, look out for Beyond the Noise podcast next week. Thanks to Eliza and Evie and John, and thanks to you for listening. Goodbye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.